Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. It's Sunday, February 27, 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, hey YouTube, hey YouTube, please smash that like button like your Brandon Davis is right in front of you and cost you a thing. And while you're here, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button too if you haven't already. It matters. We're trying to build this thing up and we need you guys to help us do it so please help us do it subscribe if you haven't already we thank you in advance and was that a wild weekend or was that a wild weekend for the first time in college basketball history Hmm. the schools ranked first second third fourth fifth and sixth in the associated press top 25 hole all lost on the same day that day it was Saturday. Let me run you through it real quick. Number one, Gonzaga lost at St. Mary 67-57. Number two, Arizona lost to Colorado 79-63. Number three, Auburn lost at Tennessee 67-62. Number four, Purdue lost at Michigan State 68-65. Number five, Kansas lost at Baylor 80-70. And number six, Kentucky lost at Arkansas 75-73. Deadleg, you were in studio for CBS Sports HQ all night, so you saw everything. What would you make of what was arguably, perhaps inarguably, the wildest single day in the history of the sport? Yeah, definitely wasn't the wildest. Wouldn't be in like my top 40, but I'll get to that in a second. Not your top 40 wildest? No, I'll get to that. But it was amazing. It was a great time. Wildest? Eh, what a about bummer. All right, all right, two things. Two things. One, if you're listening to the pod or watching it, my man got his cord. That audio. 20 minutes, 20 minutes ago. Okay. We'll I've get- been refreshing Amazon. You can track your package, and it was like out for delivery since about 10 a.m., and it was like the only thing they guarantee was arriving before 10 p.m. That's 10 p.m. Central. It's only 9.06 Central right now. Sorry we were a little late. I had to catch the end of euphoria. I wasn't going to come in. that's the other reason. Okay. <laughs> if you thought we were starting this podcast by diving right into the basketball, you are mistaken because here's the deal. Okay, here's the deal. Paris goes, you know what? I really got to get this cord. I ordered it on Amazon. Why don't we, it says delivery by 10 o'clock. Why don't we just wait to make sure we got it? And so I'm like, all right, that's fine. You know what? Whatever. This is how we actually have done the pod many, many times before on a Sunday night. We do, we, a game usually causes us to be a little bit later, whatever. We have actually done a lot of these earlier than normal. And then at about 9, 10 Eastern time tonight, I don't watch this damn show. But I'm doing some other work. I have Twitter up. I see a few people tweeting about it, and I'm like, this son of a bee. I'm I'm pretty sure we are starting this live podcast at 10 o'clock because my man had to watch the Euphoria finale, which, by the way, I'm more than fine with. If you're if you're all in on the show and you want to watch the finale, that's fine. I just think you might have had an ulterior motive that Nada and I might not have been completely privy to until we were like oh yeah he's probably uh he's probably locked in on that so how about this so i i checked the channel guide um earlier today after we had already decided on nine central 10 eastern 
and it showed that it was going to like 9.03 Central, 10.03 Eastern. And I was like, should I send them another text and say, let's start this thing at 10.05 Eastern? And I was like, no, that'll be a dead giveaway. Uh-huh. I'll just be three minutes late. It won't be a big deal. So I was watching. I actually, like, I put a lot of thought into this. I watched it on my iPad. So when they have like these musical, like nothing's happening, they're just sort of showing things and playing music, I could go fast forward 15 seconds, fast forward 15 seconds, fast forward 15 seconds. So I gained a couple of minutes on them. And then, uh, so that, so yes, the, the reason I wanted after nine central was because I, here's what I wanted to hear. Either do it before euphoria starts and be done with it or wait until euphoria is over. Cause I wanted to watch it live. Cause I didn't want Twitter to ruin it for me. And right. given that I was waiting on a cord to exactly. ensure quality, I thought later, the better. And it worked out. If you don't mind me saying worked out perfectly. Everything's coming up, Paris. You're in a much better spot than you were a week ago at this time. Sunday night, last Sunday night, it wasn't oh, going God. so well for you. It wasn't going, it's you had nightmare. no phone. You had New York city hotel, the whole, the whole deal. There we go. There we go. Um, let's, let's get to the hoops. But my one quick thing is I've never, this is a first for me, any Amazon delivery I'm getting. Once you get to about like six 30 at night, it's seeing, see you the next day. I've never had a, an Amazon delivery situation, particularly on a Sunday night. Well, after dinner hour, I was, I didn't think you were coming through like this. Here's how awesome Amazon is. Well, and I know that you know, they don't treat all their employees yeah, let's, perfectly. Yeah, let's, maybe, let's maybe reel that comment in. That's okay. All. Listen, I don't work for them. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't work for them. Uh, but here, so as a, as a consumer, here's how awesome Amazon is. So I knew I didn't have this cord on Friday. We talked about it on Friday. I had terrible audio. I was trying AirPods. Didn't work out great. I mean, it was fine enough, but not great. So, um, and I was just too busy Friday. I didn't have time to deal with this. I said, I'll deal with everything Saturday. And so I start looking for another cord. Just I was going to get it shipped to the hotel in New York, so I would have it in New York, um, in case they couldn't find my other one that I left in the hotel room. And I clicked on Amazon yesterday. I found the device I needed, and it said it'll be to your house tomorrow if you order in the next seven hours. And I was like, "This is incredible! They're just going to bring this to my house tomorrow." Yeah, but it did. Then I hit, I hit, uh, you know, what, whatever it is, check out and do the whole deal. And then it said, we'll arrive by 10 p.m. I was like, son of a bitch. I was like, okay, now we just got to watch Euphoria and then start after that and hope that it's before, actually by 10 p.m. means like earlier than 9 p.m. And it did. Everything's good. Got it done. Don't worry. No spoilers. I didn't even watch the show. I couldn't even tell you one thing about that show, but you're you're locked in. You got your finale done. Now let's get right to what was a very, very noisy, awesome, incredible Saturday, no doubt about it. It's not an NCAA tournament Saturday. It's not a conference tournament Saturday. We've had days where we've had more ranked teams lose overall. Uh, but, yes, we had never had the top six teams and seven of the top nine ever lose on the same day. Now they all – listen – a lot of these weren't surprising. In totality, yeah, it was a little surprising. But they all lost on the road, and they all lost, almost all of them lost to really good teams, NCAA tournament teams, safe NCAA tournament teams. The only ones that's not the case with is TCU beating Texas Tech, and that's a that's a projected NCAA tournament team right now, and then Colorado getting the win that it did against Arizona. And we'll talk, we're going to talk about each of these games in a couple minutes, by the way. But as for the day, like I wrote late, man, oh, man, it was uh, – I felt like you on Saturday, man, in a great way. Like I was in studio for HQ for, I don't know, nine, 10 hours. And I didn't get, I wasn't walking out of that studio till like one, 10 in the morning on Saturday. 
But unlike you, I'm not walking across the street to the hotel room. I got, I got to scoot all the way back home. I got to drive home. So I got to decompress and kind of think about what we had just watched. I wrote a column for CBS Sports um, about the day and kind of just setting up how it sets up the month, man. Like, obviously, we had never seen something like this. And I, I do think big picture like this is something that will carry over into monday in the in the general sports news cycle in terms of you know if that happens it almost it transcends the sport college basketball is more on the front page so to speak now than it was a week ago two weeks ago especially six weeks ago and so yeah i thought it was really cool it was really fun and by the time when gonzaga was down 13 14 points in the first half it almost felt like fate accompli it's like yeah we're going here this is this is going to happen it was the final game in terms of a highly ranked team that hadn't been completed to that point and uh i thought it was awesome but i'm not, i wasn't like i wasn't stunned because again most of these teams that that beat the ranked teams gps you well know like they're really really good so awesome but i don't know if it's like an all-time absolute all-time day okay you said it wouldn't be in your top 40 explain that Top 40 wildest days of college basketball and the one day in the history of the sport when the top six teams lose is not in your top 40? Maybe top 30. I might have been all jacked up on the euphoria stuff when we started here. But yeah, like, I mean, I could, I'm not going to sit here, research and list it out for you in real time on the pod. But yes, I could easily list off like 10 to 12 first, second, sweet 16 games that would be more emotionally rewarding and chaotically uplifting and wilder than what we had all again, Gonzaga lost on the road, Arizona lost on the road, Gonzaga, a ranked team, Auburn lost on the road to a ranked team, Kentucky lost on the road to a ranked team, Kansas lost on the road to a ranked team. So it's wild, but it's not like absolutely nutty. Well, here's the other thing that I think uh, some people have left out. Auburn was an underdog. Yeah. Ranked third in the country. Yes. Kansas was an underdog on the road um, as the fifth ranked team in the country. And Kentucky was an underdog on the road as the sixth ranked team in the country. So three of the top six were actually supposed to lose before we even got up on Saturday morning. I thought it was four. I mean, you might be right, but when we were getting ready to do the stuff at the end of the day, someone told me two of the six were upsets, but you you probably have it right more than I do. Uh, yeah. Arkansas was minus two and a half. I thought Baylor was maybe minus three or four. Yep. And I thought Tennessee was actually a Tennessee was favored. And the, yeah. yeah, Arkansas, as we said on the Friday episode, didn't we get didn't we get the hogs as a dog? I think we got the hogs as a dog, maybe the hogs as a dog as a final four and one. But anyway, that's before we get to the game by game thoughts. What are your thoughts on the uh, on what we saw there Saturday? I just thought it was an awesome day. Um, like it, you know, I was uh, able to sit at home in my office and I was, you know, uh, you know, I had some HQ responsibilities, but very little. You did most of the heavy lifting yesterday, and then I was—I I think I had three different hits today: two post-game hits and a, and a, de- a hit setting up the day. Um, but you know, I was—I was able to to be at home for most of the day and really focus on, hey, I'm just going to watch games today. I, I mean, I had other things going on. When you got you know two young kids at home, you've always got something going on. But you know, from for me, central time zone, 11 a.m. Central until the night ended nearly at midnight. It, you had one fun, interesting game after another. Like there are some of these Saturdays where I'm, you know, where you hit a window and it's like, there's nothing good in this window. Like there's no really great games in this window. And it felt like on Saturday, the first window had Michigan State, Purdue, the last window had Gonzaga, St. Mary's. 
and in between you had everything else and there was never a two-hour window where something significant wasn't happening some compelling game wasn't unfolding which you know it makes for a long day but a fun day i agree with that and uh and I thought, again, this on the last Saturday of February, as we ramp up for March, I thought was just it was just perfect and reflective of what I think we're going to have in terms of a conversational standpoint. And then analysis with the bracket. Everybody's good. Nobody's great. Again, I do think that there are easily a dozen really, you know, 16 to 20 teams that have final four capability. And I thought the results on Saturday reflected that you want to go game by game here and, and chat these uh, chat these results give our takeaways yeah so rather than just uh, bounce around all randomly and say hey you see that shot by Tyson Walker and then what do you think of Kellen Grady not really getting anything on like let's just stay in between the lines and we'll take each of these games briefly one yeah. by one starting with the number one team and finishing with the six ranked team but first a word from our sponsors there is a divergence in time. Welcome to the road not taken. Earth 2024. A single change is vastly more dangerous than you realize. None of our tomorrows are guaranteed. You must bring us home. You have one final frontier yet to come. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. So let's start with number one, Gonzaga. Losing at St. Mary, 67-57, as you wrote late Saturday night. Um, surprising, obviously, but not outright shocking. I was a little surprised to hear this. Um, I read this this morning. St. Mary's had lost seven straight to Gonzaga. Um, but, like, throughout Gonzaga's rise to prominence, St. Mary's has gotten them every once in a while. And them losing, the Zags losing, um, you know, at McKeon Pavilion is 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 not the craziest thing in the world, even if – um, you know, I don't think many people would have predicted it when we woke up on Saturday morning. Your thoughts on that one? I agree. Uh, what I didn't know happened. I'm going to introduce a little bit of a quick sound here. So apparently when uh, I don't know how often this happens, but I saw this shared around. This is from Matt. Uh, I don't know how you say his last name. M-A-I-O-C-C-O. So maybe Mako, Matt Mako from NBC Sports in the area. They, they've got this this chapel on campus, and they've got this this big old bell. I thought this was kind of cool, kind of signaling to the rest of the campus that uh, something big had happened. So this is what went down shortly after Gonzaga beat St. Mary's. Very Game of Thrones-ish, in my opinion, right here. 
They've got some sort of fryer, I think, ringing this thing. Kind of, kind of cool. Um, what if they would have made Drew Timmy walk naked through the streets of Morocco? This is why I play this stuff because this is exactly where I want you to go with this. What if that? What if that's what happened? Uh, shame. shame, shame, man, big time shame. shame. If, you're, if you're watching, you can see the the Kempom box score, and you can shame. see Timmy, Timmy and Chet Holmgren. I said this on HQ. They had six points apiece. I guarantee you there will not be another Gonzaga game where both of those dudes, both of them, fail to hit double figures there. But, yes, yeah, so a lot of streaks over. The seven-game win streak for Gonzaga, as you mentioned, against St. Mary's, over. Gonzaga's 17-game winning streak, obviously, over. They had won 34 straight conference games, which is the longest intra-conference streak in the country. That's over. They had won 31 consecutive WCC games by double digits over and they'd won 12 road games in a row had Gonzaga that was the longest active streak in D1 also over this was St. Mary's second win ever against a number one ranked team trivia time okay who was the other number one ranked team that St. Mary's beat I'm gonna take a wild guess yeah Loyola Marymount that was a wild guess admit that yeah, it was a wild guess. I, I told you it was. I prefaced it by saying I was going to take a wild guess, and then I took one. I was wrong. Who was the other number one ranked team that St. Mary's beat? UCLA. St. Mary's has defeated one other team ranked number one ever. It was not UCLA. Who's the other team they did? UMass Lowell. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. It's How Gonzaga. long do you want to keep this up? It's Gonzaga. Well, Jesus Christ. That's a trick question. No. That's I, like in Wordle the other day when they had Vivid. That was ridiculous, by the dude, way. I pulled that one out. That was a 20-minute situation there. Oh, I, I got so in, frustrated. Got it in five. Got today's, by the way. Got today's in three. I don't Let think I played today. You didn't play. Uh, I won't show it. It's 1020 at night. You haven't done it yet. Let me see. I can't even remember dead leg. I can't remember what I do on a day to day basis. Let me see if I've done it. Look at this jump, here, right? jump I did today. Just yeah, me. I got today's. Look at this thing. Look at this. Oh, it took me six. Yeah. No, listen, if, if you don't know it yet, we're past the deadline. Look at this. I go bingo meant chance. Give it to me. Look at that jump. Look at that. Let me take, okay, you, you got it. Let's see what I did then. I went, I went dater. I don't even know why. Traps, stabs, claws, chaos, chant. Boom. How about yesterday? Sometimes you get lucky. I pick a different word randomly off the top of the dome. Yesterday, I go spire and it was spill. Look at that. Sometimes you just get lucky. I start with a different word every day. The other night I was watching Pam and Tommy. Of course you were. Started with boobs. Oh, my God. First of all, that's way dangerous. Like, you're going two double letters, and I believe the wordle is never a plural. So, that's I think that's I think that's tricky. Vivid was ridiculous. Yeah, Vivid I got in, I got in five. We were talking about something. Oh, I would have said different school. I said different team. I know. See, that, you, that, was, like, that was like Vivid. Okay. <laughs> a little bit like Vivid. If, of course, of course, the other correct answer is another is another Gonzaga team. But I was thinking, like, it's got to be a different school. 
All right. So I thought maybe Loyola back, Marymount was back half of the trivia time. What year do you think it was? Two thousand seventeen. Ooh, you're close. Twenty nineteen WCC title game. That's the only other time. So they they are now two and eleven all time against AP number one ranked teams. St. Mary's got it done. Uh, I, I listen. I to me it was more about St. Mary's and Gonzaga. But if you want to make it about Gonzaga, I completely understand. That's totally fine. By all means. But this was to me. If first of all, I was watching this game. I was like. Look at this crew St. Mary's has on the floor right now doing this to Gonzaga. It was just awesome. They had like they had an Adam Morrison understudy dressed in red. That dude, love it. Tommy Cousy. Tommy Cousy. Come on now. Guy looks like he's balling out against Gonzaga and then he's ready for the UFC aftercard once the game's done. Incredible. Incredible stuff there. Good good on St. Mary's. Team can make the Sweet 16. Yes or no? Of course they can. Yeah, they can. Like, they're legit good. Like, I, you know, and I think you're better at ignoring the Gonzaga skeptics than I am. Um, but, like, I tweeted at, you know, at some point the same thing everybody else tweeted. You know, the, the team's ranked second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. They've all lost today. And number one Gonzaga is playing right now. And somebody's like, well, they would lose too if they played somebody. I was like, they're, St. Mary's is top 25 in basically every computer. Like, St. Mary's is legit good. Like, Playing at St. Mary's is like playing at Texas, but for whatever reason, it doesn't resonate with people the same way. I I agree. I agree. St. Mary's was impressive to me. So I and I and I would I think that's the win that will prevent them from being like a truly off the radar sneaky sweet sixteen pick because you beat Gonzaga that way. But I think it also gets Gonzaga back on track. Who said it? Someone said it can't remember who but they basically said listen Gonzaga was almost like sleepwalking to the end of the season maybe they needed a wake-up game and maybe they did and maybe this was maybe this was that game they're the one seed and they'll play Saturday I think in the WCC semis they finished 16-0 at home this season St. Mary's does and they just collapsed on Drew Timmy I mean they made life difficult for him he was 0 of 8 from the field in the first half finished 2 of 10 from the field in the game had four turnovers you know, Chet was bad. Just a bad performance all the way around. Just a bad performance. Yes. Like, if you're Mark Few, you hope, like, all right, we got that out of us. That we won't do another one of those. Because maybe not surprising that St. Mary's won the game. Really surprising that Gonzaga never led for a second of that game. They were down the entire time. Uh, and now both of these teams are off until next Monday I when know. they will play in the West Coast Conference semifinals. It's that it's that far. It's not even Saturday. It's next Monday. It's always next Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just I had the, the calendar screwed up in my own. Yeah, because they always they go Monday semifinals. One, two, that's right. San Francisco's on the four and they're Saturday. Yep, 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 yep. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So um yeah, semifinals next Monday, championship game next Tuesday night. Um, if it goes as bracketed, we will watch Gonzaga St. Mary's again. Number two, Arizona got smoked at Colorado. 7963. Um, Tommy Lloyd afterward said this game has no impact on anything. And he's basically right. Arizona still about to win a Pac-12 title. Um, they can actually clinch it if they beat USC on Tuesday. Um, Arizona still projected as a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. So I don't think he was trying to downplay the loss as much as he was just speaking factually. 
Like everything we want to do, win our league and be a one seed in the NCAA tournament, that stuff is still on the table even with this loss. And like, obviously, it's technically true. If you're looking at the Ken Palm box score here, you can see the win probability, that red line there. It's got a, it's got a steeper vert drop than going to Breckenridge. You hear me, brah? You hear me? No. Okay. I'll ski talk for you. Uh, how about this? Did, did you realize, I'm not going to trivia time you, did you realize Arizona has lost five games in a row at Colorado? House of, house of how horrors. About, how about this? Did you realize this? The Pac-12 champion has lost at Colorado five of the past six seasons. I did not realize. What is this? You do not walk into, what is this? What is, is this the core center? What is it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what is it? Hold on. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. No idea. I should know, and I feel like I know it. You I, don't walk into I, this place. I've been there, I think, and I don't know what it's called. Stop. See you, see you event center. Okay. You know what? I, I, I actually appreciate the very basic approach. It's, it's the CU event center. What do you want from us? Why would it's I have been there? We had a 10 minute meeting three decades ago. We got to name this thing. Anyone got any good ideas? No. <laughs> CU event center meeting adjourned. Sounds good. I've been there, but I don't remember why. We're getting a Spencer Dinwiddie arena comment from Russ. I do. I do like the Dinwiddie. Um, okay. So that is, that is kind of a wild stat though. This was the one genuinely surprising. Arizona came into this game, averaging 85.2. It scored 63. We had actually this, if you look at a lot of these results from the top six teams that went down, a lot of them high scoring teams that were really taken off their track into a significant, uh, you know, to a significant matter. We had Gonzaga, then we had with Arizona. We'll talk about Purdue in a second. That was that was true as well. Um, and all by the way, Colorado was coming off a loss to Arizona State. There was this was the one where it was come on now. This is the most surprising because Colorado is the only non-NCAA tournament team of the top six. And again, if you even want to include TCU and Texas Tech, um, I thought this was the one that was and then plus, like the, it was it was a definitive win. Like Sona made a little bit of a push. Um so I would tend to agree with Tommy and what he's saying there, broadly speaking. But still, I was like a little, I was a little taken aback. I actually expected like halftime. It's a game. I'm like, yeah, I think Arizona's just going to go Arizona here. I've seen them do this a lot this season, and it just didn't happen. I thought this was the one that was truly surprising. Got to agree with that, right? Yeah, I mean, they were big favorites, and they got. I mean, they were they were certainly favored. I don't. I don't. Maybe not big. Like Gonzaga was double digit favorite. I don't think Arizona was that. Um, but they might have been. I honestly don't remember. I but, think they might have been. Yeah, yeah. But to lose by sixteen points. Um. Yeah. Yes. Obviously surprising. But you know, big picture, it doesn't matter that much. If uh, Arizona handles business from here, they'll still win the Pac twelve regular season title. And they'll still be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I guess it um, takes away a little wiggle room, but but not much. I, I thought Tommy's quote um, um, was a pretty accurate description of of what they should do with that game. All right, it's over. We lost here. The Pac-12 champion usually loses here. Not a big deal. Let's get ready for USC. Um, number three, Auburn. Lost at Tennessee, 67-62. Auburn had an 11-point lead with 1642 left and then mm. they went 823 without a field goal. By the time they got their next field goal, they were down 45 43. So, nothing inherently embarrassing or 
negative about losing at Tennessee. Literally everybody who's played at Tennessee this season has lost, including Arizona and Kentucky. But when you're up, you know, 11 with 16 to play against a team that's been better offensively, but still not a great offensive team, you you feel like you let one slip away there if you're Bruce Pearl. No question about it. Uh, how about this? First time these two teams met at Thompson Bowling and both were ranked since 2000. Been 22 years since that had happened. Relatively surprising, even though Auburn had some really lean years. But uh, I didn't realize it had been 22 years. Shouts to Chris Porter there. Vols were really good on defense, man. And they were great on the offensive boards. Akeem Dermish, HQ host, brought that up when we were doing the uh, the highlight and the analysis of this. They were downright necessary on that end of the floor, which was big. And then Sakai Ziegler, Kennedy Chandler, your homie from Memphis. Sometimes I watch this duo and I'm like, they they have something about them where if if Fulkerson's playing well and, and every, everything around him is kind of coming together, Santiago Vescovi as well, by the way, confirmed. It's Vescovi. I've heard Vescovi. Vescovi. It's Vescovi. Wanted to absolutely make sure over the weekend. Vescovi. No, I've got that one. Vescovi. Got- Jonathan Chamwa Chachawa. Yeah. Well, we'll get there in a second. Uh, but the point, I can see that, like, Vols, Elite Eight, can easily see it. Now, what's interesting... There's seven and seven in quad one, 12 and seven in quad two. All the losses are in quad one and all team sheet metrics as of Sunday morning were between six and 11. The resume is really good. They've got these high end wins against projected one and two seeds there. Um, I came away not, first of all, took the Vols. Not, not surprised by that. Yes, the way that Auburn gave it away was a bit surprising. Auburn's three and three in its last six. It's had struggles on the road, obviously. And what's weird is like, so Jabari Smith, he's averaging, what, 25 and change in his last four games. And in the past two weekends, Auburn's gone on the road. It's lost. Jabari's been awesome in both games. And it hasn't corresponded with a victory. They're doing what we're asking them to do. You have the potential number one pick on your team. He's getting his touches. He's making shots and plays. Like He had a play at the top of the key, that that as a tray that sank. And I'm like, this is – like. If you're going to boil it down as to why, it's like, show me one play, just one play, quick encapsulation. Why will he be in the conversation to be the number one pick? It was that play. And yet it's not it's not the thing that's uh, that's you know going to keep Auburn on the one line and in the final four conversation because I do think Wendell Green Jr., they need him to be more consistent. I think that was a major, major issue uh, in this game as it's been in recent games there. Jabari can be awesome, but... And I'm not going to predict this happens, Parrish, but it won't surprise me. If we're talking, uh, once we get to the NCAA tournament, we're doing a, a nightly recap of the Sweet 16 games that day, and we see Auburn, let's just say Auburn's a two-seed, right? Let's just, you know, whatever. One-seed, two-seed, whatever. But they they lose to a lower-seeded team, and we're like, man, Jabari, 26-12 and 12 here. Had a pretty good game, you know? Was it was a real difference maker. Walker Kessler was pretty good, but they just couldn't hold on, man. They couldn't hold on to the lead late. They wind up losing, you know, 69-66, it won't surprise me if we get to that point. They need Green and Katie Johnson to a certain extent as well. They just need to be a bit more consistent. They're learning those lessons now. Can they get out of those habits in time for the postseason? I'm not completely skeptical of it, but I certainly think it's happening enough here where if you're an Auburn fan, you're thrilled with the season, but you're like, are we kind of looking at a team that might not be able to get out of its own way on the way to trying to get to the Final Four? Um, you mentioned Tennessee's offensive rebounding. They had 21 Offensive rebounds on 41 missed shots. 
52.2 offensive rebounding percentage. That's outrageous. Auburn was 5 of 24 from three. On the season, if you're looking for a real problem with them, they shoot 31.8% from three. Ranks 273rd in the country. Um, Jabari was awesome, like you noted, but um, they've, they've got to get sharper in some other areas. You know, three and three in the past six. You know, this is a team that at one point, um, you know, until they lost at Arkansas, um, was on a really long winning streak, ranked number one in the country, had not lost since before Thanksgiving, had not lost in regulation, and all of that stuff is gone now. Um, they need to close the regular season um, a little more impressively um, or else, you know, they're going to enter the NCAA tournament with, with some bigger questions than we probably thought were going to be there just a few weeks ago. Let me ask you this about Tennessee. Massive wins. Beat mm-hmm. Kentucky. Arizona. Um, beat Auburn. Um, those are the teams ranked second, fourth, and ninth at Ken Palm right now. You gave the resume 12 and seven in the first two quadrants, all seven losses in quadrant one, all seven losses away from home. Rock solid stuff. Best win outside of Knoxville is over North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I noticed. Yeah. D- does that concern you? Uh, maybe a little bit. Their road neutral combined is six and seven at this point. So maybe a little bit. If you want some comparisons to other teams in their realm, Villanova, 10 and 6, road and neutral combined. Duke, 10 and 2, road and neutral combined. Auburn, 10 and 4, road neutral combined. Even Purdue, which has been slipping as of late, 9 and 4, road neutral combined. UCLA, 8 and 5, road neutral combined. So when they are not playing at Thompson Bowling, undefeated, 15 and 0, yes, there is a little bit of concern there uh, overall. I still like them a lot, and the tournament can sometimes, you know, Teams can find their way by the time we get to March. And once you're in like a, not that these other environments aren't neutral, they are, but like the NCAA tournament is a neutral environment unto itself, particularly before you get to the final four there. I think they can still, it'll be a a matchup deal with them and they can have some success there. It would surprise me if Tennessee, let's just say Tennessee's a three. It would surprise me with who they have and how good they are defensively if they were a 14 over three victim. Not knowing who the 14 would be in the bracket, I would be pretty surprised if this team uh, was vulnerable as a three C this year. I think they're pretty steady. Number four, Purdue lost at Michigan state 68, 65. This is going to blow your mind. Purdue, Purdue needed a stop on the final possession. Couldn't get it, man. This was a game though. This was a game. This was a, an important game for Michigan state. Let me talk on Sparty first. Do you think that this win, because Michigan State had been bad, had lost five of six going into this one. Do you think that this is the one where we look up and, you know, Tom Izzo's got Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament. Like, this is going to be the thing that kind of gets him back going on the right path. Or is this kind of like, Big Ten's a good league, a lot of good teams, a little bit of randomness to this. They're at home. They win a close one. They get it done. But big picture, like, you know, whatever. They'll win a couple more. They'll lose a couple more before we get to selection Sunday. I'll answer. But first, let me tell you what I'm dealing with right here. Okay. What do we got? So my wife had to go to a market today because she owns a children's boutique. You have to shop for it. I'm here with the kids alone. So I got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old downstairs. And I, and I hand them you know, two iPads. And say, please don't fight. Please don't hurt each other. And please don't come upstairs unless it's an emergency. 
and I'll be downstairs just as soon as I'm done. So I just get a text message from a friend. It's like a question mark pops up on my computer and I click on it and I can see that I have been texting him, but it's not me. It's my five-year-old <laughs> and my five-year-old is texting this person. Play with me, please play with me. <laughs> and this person's like, dude, what are you talking about? What are we playing? <laughs> This yeah, is this yeah. is what being a father is. It's just one chaotic. Uh, it's just one thing after another. Do you need to go resolve this? No, it's fine. I texted sure? him. I can I, hold the fort. <laughs> I said. I said. Louis, I said. Lou's got my iPad. He, but like, here's the thing. Oh, he's okay. To be who, clear, who else is he going to text? To be like, clear, is he though, about to text Eric Musselman. He has. <laughs> he has exactly. This is the scenario we have to be rooting for. He has your iPad connected to your iMessage, so he is texting other people, and the messages that are being received are from you. Obviously, your five-year-old does not have his own phone number, and your friend is not getting text messages from a five-year-old identified as a five-year-old saying, play with me. He thinks it's you. Oh, no, I know. Like, I'm hoping it stops right there because, like, there's a lot of numbers in my phone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities and options there. You did may need you? to get this in control. But can did you I see the text messages in real time on your on your iMessage? You should be able to, right? Yes. All right. So if this gets into a bad spot here, you just let me know. Yeah, if it gets out of hand, I'll have to go. Quick take question before we continue. Just what's the first letter of your friend's name? What's the first letter? T. Okay. So T, what coach? What coach is in your phone that well, we got? What? Well, he's about to text Tony Barbie. And ask Tony Barbie? I was, gonna, I was about to say. Tony maybe, Bennett. Tony Bennett? <laughs> There's a lot of. Tony Bennett's not responding it's on a, in the 10 o'clock hour on a Sunday night. I can guarantee you. What, what if Tony Bennett gets a text from me at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night saying, play with me? <laughs> <laughs> TJ Otzelberger. Exactly. <laughs> When my kids knew, figured out that you can call people through Alexa, like, hey, uh, Alexa, call Kelly Parrish, you know, like that. They Once they figured that out, I walked in one day because my my kids, you know, they they watch the Grizzlies and father. I walked I walked in one day and my kid had said, Alexa, call Mike Conley. Yeah. It was like calling Mike Conley. I was like, you can not call Mike Conley. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Ah, Tommy Lloyd, another one. <laughs> Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd's in there. What if my five-year-old text Tommy Lloyd? Why'd you get your Why'd you get your brains beat in at Colorado? <laughs> Tommy Lloyd's like it doesn't mean anything. Nothing changes. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. Nothing changes. <laughs> Nothing changes. Oh, Let me explain anyways. this to you, Parrish. This, uh, this is what I'm dealing with right now. Just amazing. Um, okay, Michigan, so Michigan State. Did the win? Eileen, this is not going to alter the course of Michigan State season, and they'll have some good wins and some losses and whatever, and we'll look up. But, you know, you get a win over Purdue. Maybe it gets him on the right track, Tom Izzo. You know, he's, it's Tom Izzo. So what's, what's your takeaway on that? I think it stops the bleeding. I think it removes bubble talk from the conversation. Because they were headed in that direction. 
I think they still are a good but not great team, and they get into the tournament and maybe lose in the round of 64, if not probably lose in the round of 32. I think that's who they are. Fair. Purdue is averaging 82.2 points going into this game. Michigan State held it to 65, as I mentioned before. Uh, Purdue over its past five, and oh, by the way, we talk about the defense, understandably. Teams have been getting a little hip to what they're doing. Purdue is averaging 67.8 in its past five. Prior to that, you know, it was up, up well above 85. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm not I'm not bailing on the Purdue train. Not happening. Pun intended. Not happening yet. Picked him in the preseason win the national championship. I'll stick with that until we at least get to the bracket. When we have a bracket, have the right to change my mind, but I'll still stick with them. Still number one rated in points per possession. My other question to you, I'll drop this here now. It's going to wait till the end, but given what we said about Arizona and we got two more to get to, which team do you think who lost on Saturday among the top six, or again, throw in Texas Tech if you want to, the ranked team in the top 10 that lost on Saturday, which one do you think is most likely for the loss to start something where the next few weeks they're kind of just a bit jagged and we can look back and say, remember that crazy Saturday? That's kind of where it started with this team. Like, they don't get to the Sweet 16. They might take another loss or two. They don't win their conference tournament. Which of the ones that lost do you think that's most likely for? And which of the teams that lost do you think uh, it will mean nothing in, in so much that maybe they don't even lose again and they win the national title? Which ones would you align with those two? Well, I think it would be schedule-related, right? Um, to a certain extent, yes. Yeah, I would say the one that I'm not worried about at all is Gonzaga. Like, I just, uh, you know, I think they're legit. You know, they played in two of the past four national championship games, and their computer numbers are significantly stronger than everybody else's. I think Gonzaga will win two games in the WCC tournament and then be in New Orleans with us. Um, Kentucky, I think they'll be fine because the schedule is, you know, it's home against Ole Miss and at Florida. I think they'll recover fine. Arizona at USC is tough, but then home against Stanford, home against Cal. I think they'll be fine. Um, Auburn has a favorable schedule at Mississippi State at home against South Carolina. I guess I'm not worried about that. And so who am I missing Kansas. here? Kansas and Purdue. And Purdue, yeah. Yeah, Purdue's the one. At Wisconsin's next. Mm-hmm. And then at home against Indiana. That could be the one that they... I'm just worried about Purdue's... Like we talked about it a million times. There's nothing new to say. They, they don't guard. And they found themselves in a late-game situation where they needed to stop. And it was like the simplest basketball stuff you've ever seen. What did Michigan State do? Put Trevion Williams in a ball screen. Now he's stuck trying to guard Tyson Walker in space. He's so uncomfortable, he just backs off. And so now you've just given a wide-open three-pointer to a 57, 57% three-point shooter. No way. He's shooting 57% from three. Now, he only takes two a game, but he is shooting 57% from three. That is a fascinating dynamic. So, like, well, okay. Right. All right, we're in a tie game with Purdue late. What are we going to do? Well, let's put Trevion Williams on a ball screen and then get a wide open three for a 57% three point shooter. And then let's go, and then let's, let's, let's call it, let's, let's get out of here. 
we got the rest of our <laughs> games over by one in the one central. Let's have a good rest of the day. Yeah. Max Christie getting Max Christie shooting twice as many threes, thirty one point four percent. Interesting. Perhaps that should be addressed. I assume it has been, but that's that's an intriguing dynamic there. My uh, my real quick on I'll I'll say Kentucky. I think it wouldn't surprise me if you know Kentucky lost, and we'll get to that. We can lead into this game if you want. Kentucky loses on Saturday. Uh, yes, it's in a very good league, but I can I can see Kentucky now just running the table. Like I think there's a decent chance that one of these ranked teams that lost on Saturday won't lose again. And then we have an eventual national champion. They just, this was the last loss they'll take this season. I could see that happening. I think there's a lot of potential there. Mine would be Auburn. And it's a little bit of a cop out. Cause again, they've been three and three in their past six. So like the slide didn't really just start Saturday, but I would say, cause I still think that Purdue's offense when it gets out of the big 10, I still think there's really good potential. They have with everything they have there. They still have a uh, they still have a shot. And one last comment on that game before we go uh, wherever we're going next. Um, I tweeted about this. Listen, it's not just Zach Eady. In fact, the Illinois fans were quick to speak on this on Kofi as well. And I have seen some of it. But these Big Ten officials need to have a have a little bit of a get together on how they are going to blow the whistle or not against this guy on both ends of the floor. There was a lot of bad officiating with Zach Eady and. You know, I I just don't like the way that the game flow gets broken up like that. And he, it's it's a modern day Shaq. You know, Purdue would have lost the game probably regardless of what was going on with Edie. And he doesn't play for 25, 27 minutes a game. But I just it's going to suck if Purdue's in a really good game. And then suddenly we look up and Edie's on the bench with four fouls and two of them are complete crap or 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 he's, you know, or he's, you know, he's getting absolutely annihilated down there and they're not calling the fouls because the dude's seven four. So just something to keep an eye on as we go into to March. I think, you know, for all the big now Kofi's another humongous human being. Um I would think that the director of officiating, Rick Boyajis, is going to read uh, address that because I think it needs to. It was kind of glaring on Saturday. The problem for Purdue is that yes, they are awesome offensively, literally the best offensive team in the country. But they have to be awesome offensively to be good teams. An off night gets them caught. When they're off offensively, they're they they're they're in for it. And can you be awesome offensively every game in an NCAA tournament? Uh, maybe, but Hard. Hard not, do. doesn't sound like a great strategy. So what happened on Saturday? They're one of nine from three. They turned it over seventeen times. Well, now they can't guard well enough to stay in that game. I mean, let me rephrase. They stayed in the game, but they can't guard. Let me rephrase. They could have won the game, right? I mean, they make one more shot, they win the game. Sure. I, I got it. But, like, the reason they find themselves in that situation against a team that had lost, you know, five of six is because they they do not guard well enough to overcome going one of nine from three and turning it over 17 times. And, by the way, these aren't even, like, things I'm saying that – I'm Matt Painter has said this exact thing before after a loss this season. Like we, if we don't, if we turn the ball over and don't make shots, we we're we're gonna have a hard time, because he knows that, you know, that's a smart guy. He knows all these numbers. He knows what he's working with. Um, they they, at this point in the season, expecting them to get dramatically better would be foolish, but they've got to get somewhat better, or else, you know, getting to that first final four, you know, since nineteen eighty is gonna be, um, it's gonna be difficult. Number five, Kansas lost at Baylor, 80 to 70. Kansas jumped to a 12-2 lead, led by as many as 13 points in the first half. And 
Then Baylor turns it on and kind of runs away from him in the second half. And now Baylor is now 10 and one against top 10 teams the past two years, which is incredible. Yeah. By the way, Baylor moving up to a one seed on Jerry Palm's list. Got to kind of be there. Baylor right now is tied with Kansas for quad one and quad two combined wins at 16. And Baylor has more quad ones than anyone in the country with 11. Um, you bumped him up how much in your rankings? I moved him way up. I moved him all the way up to maybe number two. They were hopped on a rocket. What were they before that game? I had them lower than most, and the reason was because they had gone through a little stretch where they lost games and because they had lost Jonathan Chamwat Chachawa. Mm-hmm. I, I admit, I had them lower than most, probably too low. But, you know, I had Kansas, I think, third or fourth in the top 25 and one on Saturday morning. And when you go take a fresh look at the bodies of work on Sunday morning, Baylor's 11 and four in quadrant one, five and one in quadrant two, 16 and five in the first two quadrants. Kansas 10 and four in quadrant one, six and one in quadrant two. Um, so 16 and five in the first two quadrants. They got nearly the same resume, except Baylor has one more quadrant one win. And so I said, I'm going to get Baylor. I've told you this before. People, some people like on, on Twitter have, apparently never heard me say it. I don't get caught up in how much a team moves up or down on a given day. I just go, where does this team belong now? And after that win, double digit win over Kansas, you're leading the nation in quadrant one wins with 11. You've got a better, I think body of work now than Kansas. I felt like I had to get you above Kansas. And that meant jumping them all the way from, I mean, I had them low, like 11, maybe all the way up to two, because that's where I think they belong right now. Yeah, I've been banging the drum on the podcast about not selling Baylor stock, and that's coming to fruition at this point. Now, and they do it with, again, no LJ Cryer in this game. If you're looking at the box score, you can see it. Kinjo, who was a little up and down, but he had a couple of uh, big-time plays in the paint in terms of distribution or straight up taking it to the tin himself and dropping it in the bucket there. Flagler at 13. Flo Thamba had a really good game. I don't know if they can get that consistently, but he was big time. And then Jeremy Sohan was also really important for them overall. So, yeah, significant win there. Remember, they avenged the loss. It was 83-59 earlier this month. Baylor never wilted in the spot. Won five of six. They get Texas on the road on Monday. Uh, just, a, just a big time win there. It, they still have health issues, so... I do think Baylor can make the final four. I still put him as a national championship contender. Are they going to get, it's like LJ Cryer's foot. Is it going to fully heal this season? That's a question that I've got for them, but I thought it was just, it was impressive. Kansas came out strong. They looked good early. Ochai Abaji was good again, uh, as he has been so frequently, but all the pieces didn't fully come together. Baylor defensively stepped up. I walk away impressed. And you know, what do you want me to say? Those are two of the five or six best teams in the sport right now. So Kansas has three games this week at TCU, TCU at home. Yes. And against Texas at home. Um, Baylor has two games at Texas and then home against Iowa State. Right now, KU has a one-game lead in the loss column of the Big 12 standings. Is this going to be Kansas outright champ or Kansas-Baylor co-champs? Can Kansas go back-to-back with TCU and sweep both there? Uh, hmm, that's a good one. Um. I'm gonna say Baylor. I'll say Baylor. Why do I feel they're gonna get picked off Monday? They're gonna beat Iowa State. 
I'll say they I'll say they lose at Texas and so Kansas gets the standalone. That's my prediction. That's what I think too. I think they get I mean, boy, if you can knock out Kansas and Texas in a three day span, that is something serious. But you know, I'm assuming Baylor is an underdog at Texas. Let me see what Ken Palm has it at. Um probably not a big underdog, but probably an underdog. No. Ken Palm projects Baylor as a one point favorite at Texas. Okay, pick them. Uh yeah, I'll still I'll still ride with that. Kansas gets the Kansas gets the Big Twelve one, which means Baylor right now is on the one line. Uh, it's tenuous. Obviously, you've got you've got a good debate right now with the one, which I think is wonderful. Two weeks out from Selection Sunday, uh, I think that's a really cool thing. But Kansas could easily jump right back up, as could potentially, even though they took a loss, a school like Kentucky. Number six, Kentucky lost at Arkansas, seventy five seventy three. Arkansas opened with a fifteen to two run. Kentucky cut. Cuts it to 34-28 at the half. And then UK actually led 70-69 with 83 seconds left. And then Arkansas responded with a 6-0 run. Went up 75-70. Ty Ty Washington got a three at the buzzer that ruined all the Arkansas minus two and a half tickets. Final score, 75-73. Hogs are now 13-1 past 14 games. Long loss in that stretch. A one-point loss at Alabama. Eric Musselman, after the game, he was like, a few weeks ago, everybody was talking about how tough our schedule was, and it was. He said, we weathered it. He said, no, you know, we've actually, like, dominated it. Um, you know, they, they Arkansas is operating at an extremely high level right now. And we mentioned him on Friday's podcast. I told you I'd put him on a top 15 ballot for National Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. J.D. Note, awesome again. Got 30 points, showed himself to be the best guard on the court, regardless of team. Shibwe was tremendous again, 30 points, 18 rebounds. But J.D. Note, get 30 points. Arkansas knocks off Kentucky. I mean, it just speaks to Oscar Shibwe's season. He goes for 30 and 18 in losing effort. He's still the front. <laughs> His numbers get better. He's just he's still the front runner for National Player of the Year. And J.D. Note, in many seasons, would have a good shot at, at SEC Player of the Year. And Arkansas fans are going to certainly stump from, as you should, uh, meantime, you've got the guy Kentucky doing what he's done, and then there's been different points in the season where you said either Walker or Jabari at Auburn should be SEC Player of the Year. But JD Note, that is a big time game, man. Gosh, he leads the he leads the conference in scoring and steals now. Okay, Arkansas, quite clearly a four seed at worst, and the three seed is just around the corner if they want it. They are four and zero. Oh. How about this one? Four and zero oh versus ranked opponents. Now it's more than just that with quads. I get all that. Arkansas is four and zero against ranked opponents this season. UK is three and five. Surprise you? Mm, well, not not no, given the way that Arkansas has been playing for yeah. a significant. If you would have told me beforehand that Arkansas hadn't lost to a ranked opponent and Kentucky was under five hundred, I would have wanted to see the the data to support that. Yeah, well, Arkansas, Arkansas, me. Arkansas's problem were early season bad games. Yes. You know, yes. I mean, their problems were the early season losses to teams that they just would not lose to today. No question. They've been able to rally, but they've been able to rally from that and now have a really good seat situation. Shouts to Brett Edgerton, uh, who uh, works at ESPN. He tweeted this out. This is a great find top four teams in the sec, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, a combined 63 and one at home this season, 63 and one. You're not winning at those joints unless trivia time. Okay. It was the one team that has one win against all four of those teams. There's only been one time, one loss. That's happened. Who did it? Vanderbilt. Go! He got it! 
Well, this is, yeah, I mean, that, no, this is what I was talking about. Like Arkansas, the reason it. Arkansas can have a great record against ranked teams but still only be a four seed is because they dinged up their resume with stupid losses to Hofstra, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M. You know, Mississippi State and Oklahoma are top 50 Kimpom teams, but yeah, that's yeah. where when they went to that stretch where they were, you know, they lost five of six. One of those was Hofstra, and another was, you know, Vanderbilt at home. I because I remember like one of my uh, good friends, uh, golf buddy, shouts to Brad P. He, uh, you know, he grew up in Arkansas, so like Arkansas is always a big topic of conversation. And like I just remember him texting in the group text, "We're about to lose at home to Vanderbilt." <laughs> GP, tell me it's going to be okay. I was like, "It'll be fine. It's and not it fine right now, but it'll." I didn't expect it to be this fine, but I said I didn't see this one coming. Uh, yeah. So that's the six. And then, oh, by the way, TCU does well for itself. Beats Texas Tech. Texas Tech, one and five in their last six road games against unranked teams. Kind of surprising there. But Texas Tech is still fine overall. Good win for the Frogs, who have not danced since 19, or only one dance since 98. Jamie Dixon's got a good shot. Not quite there. More work to do. Got to play Kansas twice. You beat Texas Tech. They're there right now. They're there now. But now they got to go play Kansas twice? Yeah, that's. I mean, they're not there without another win. They got to do some more. If they beat Kansas, forget about it. Forget about it. But they're not. They're not. They're not there yet. If the tournament started today, they'd be in that field. No problem. They obviously they can't nosedive from here. But uh, Jamie's got the team in, in a real good position. Hey, if you just now join us, where you been? If you just now join us, please uh, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. Let's get that number as high as we can possibly get it. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. Dead like so we spent uh, time on the games involving the top six teams mm-hmm. that lost on Saturday. Let's touch on uh, a few other results from the weekend. Duke blasted, blasted Syracuse at Syracuse. Wisconsin won at Jersey Mike's. Texas dropped West Virginia to 3-13 and in a Big 12. Murray yeah. State completed a perfect 18-0 run through the OVC. Mm-hmm. Illinois might have pushed Michigan to the wrong side of the bubble. 93-85 win on the road. It did. On America's Most Watched Network Sunday afternoon. UConn dropped Georgetown to 0-17 in the Big East. Florida State's Matthew Cleveland hit a wild game winner. Beat Virginia. Providence. My favorite story of the weekend. Yeah. 
secure, uh, secured a Big East regular season title for the first time in history. Dead leg, take it wherever you want to take. Um, how are you going to give Murray State love and not go South Dakota State as well? Only two teams to run the league in their conferences. I'm sorry. I'll wear, I'll, wear, I'll wear a Jackrabbit sweatshirt okay. on the next podcast. There we go. Jackrabbits. Top 10 moniker in D1. Love it. Love Absolutely. the colors. Love the Jackrabbit. Love the logo. Love everything about it. Eric Henderson's done a wonderful job. So shouts to South Dakota State and South Dakota State. State. Same colors as Ukraine. There you go. There you go. The Ukraine uh, Jackrabbits. We should name them. Now that they're in a they're in a war, you should have a name like you're a sports team. The Russian a holes and the Ukraine Jackrabbits. How's that work? There are a few Ukrainian-born Division I men's basketball players. I will have a story about those young men later in the week on CBSSports.com. And I will also, uh, after we touch on here, I'll give you a little quick heads up on the uh, the regular season champions in some of the small leagues. We do have bracket play starting in just a couple of days. Let's hit on Providence real quick, though. Dave Gavitt is you know considered the greatest coach in Providence history. Ed Cooley is basically right there with him if you look at stats and whatever. But he, you know he's the he's the father of Providence men's basketball. He's also the architect of the Big East. And Rick Rick Pitino coached there by the way. Yeah, but he's not Providence, and he did a good job. Don't get me wrong, but like he's now third to Ed Cooley and Dave Gavitt, and no question about it. Um, well, it depends on how you define who's the best coach to ever coach there. Like who did the best at this school, or who's the best actually the best coach to ever coach there. Sure, sure. Okay, we don't need you caping up for Patino again. Can we go like three episodes without like, didn't you say he'd have him in the Sweet 16 in Iona by now? Hasn't happened. I said it'd be in four years. I thought you said two. Might be this year. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. He's only had he's only had one tournament opportunity and the second could be coming around the bend. But the point I'm making here is that Providence technically was the first member of the Big East, was the first one in there. And it's since 1979. They've been in this league, and it was uh, no doubt about it. They get the win. They they are the Big East regular season champs. You know, there's some consternation in the league because it's down to percentage points, and these other games couldn't get made up. I don't care about the details. They've been awesome the entire season. Yes, if they had played these other games, two of them, which would have been on the road, Providence probably is not the Big East regular season champs right now. They, pro they probably maybe lose one of those games and then they're going to play Villanova later this week with the regular season championship on the line. I get all that, but that's not the reality we live in. Providence is finally getting a regular season title. Ed Cooley's done amazing things. And so, yes, I got other notes, but that's that's my comment on Providence. I figure you want to at least give Cooley a little love here, too. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I know that for reasons we've explained a thousand times that their computer numbers don't match their resume. And so it leads to some people to insist they're not really as good as their records suggest or res resumes su suggest. But at this point in the season, um, I don't care about anything other than the resume. I don't care how you're winning. I just care if you are. And this team is now 14 and three in the first two quadrants, five quadrant one wins, no losses outside of the first two quadrants. You know, they, 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 I don't think they'll get a one seed. Like, I, ultimately, I don't think they'll get there. But if they were to win at Villanova mm. this week and then win the Big East tournament, they should be a one. They would be a one seed under those circumstances. Yeah. I don't care what the computers say.
I'm rooting for those kind of scenarios. Give me as many teams with a case for the one line as possible heading into Selection Sunday. You're right. They'd have a real good case if they can get there. I don't know if they're winning. If they beat Villanova on the road, man, then it's just like everyone shut up forever. Like if they get that done, like whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, and, but until then, like I, you know, I tweeted about Providence on Saturday, and I, I get asterisks on the mentions and whatever. I get it, but whatever. They're having a great season. Come on, Friars, good stuff. Great scene there. Uh, shouts to uh, shouts to PC. Um, couple other results. Yes, you mentioned Duke. They win easy. Like. Well, they went by 25. The, the the headline from that is Jim Beheim. Uh, did you see he went after a reporter? I did not see it. Yeah, he just like it's not quite good enough to uh, to play. And I don't have the audio, but someone asked him if he would be coaching next year. And um, he basically it sounded like it might have been a student reporter. Don't know that for certain. <laughs> I would love to know what student reporters got the balls to ask Jim Beheim. It might not be for all I know. It's someone who's 37 and been on the beat for a minute or two. It was not Mike waters. I can, and, and it was not Donna Detota. I can guarantee you that. Um, but he said he would be back. And he was like, I talked about this in the preseason. You weren't paying attention. And then, yeah, you know, he's coming off a 25 point loss to Mike Krzyzewski and you know, Syracuse just got right out of the gym. Duke looked awesome. What do you want from me? So um, I'll be obviously uh, people listen, they know this, but I'll be in Durham later this week for coach K's finals home game. More Duke content is on the way. Don't really have too much to say about that one. Duke looks really, really good. And AJ Griffin sometimes feels like he just can't miss. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing that team in person. Couple NCAA tournament dream dead. Yes or no. Maybe eh. Rutgers loses now 16 and 12. Doesn't have a team sheet metric better than 58th right now. It's split the season series with Bucky. But uh, I'd say the dream is nearly dead. Yes, if you can get the wins in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, but right now, not looking so good. Is Oregon's NCAA tournament dream dead? Ducks are 18 and 11, have a Sagarin of 38, but all of their team sheet metrics are 50th or worse. It was uh, USC's first win in Eugene as a ranked team in 30 years good job by the trojans there ducks got a lot of work to do and then michigan no not dead they should be out of the field right now with uh, their inability to get a win at home over illinois alfonso Plummer was absurd in the first half and then i think brad underwood just wanted to completely lean on his defense and Plummer's not a good defender uh but that was a i think seth davis noted that on twitter and i couldn't help but notice as well because Plummer was like out of this world amazing in the first half uh most of the rest of the team picked up the the slack on the back end. Michigan made a good push. Illinois gets the win, and it was uh it was certainly impressive there. One more Dayton and yeah. So well, let me let me stop you there for a second because okay. I had the, I watched that one because I knew I was gonna. I mean, I would have watched it anyway, but I had to talk about it afterward. Yeah. So you watch it a little more closely. And um, you know, Illinois shot fifty seven percent from the field, fifty nine percent from three. Michigan, you know, when you go down as big as Michigan went down, you you. You're not going to score your way back into that game. You got to get stops at some point. It's the only way you're going to get back in the game. And they just could never get enough stops. I mean, they got back in the game. It was a four-point game in the final minute. But then they needed a stop. And it was a missed three, I think. Offensive rebound. And then Trent Frazier, dagger three. With like 45 seconds to go, puts Illinois back up by seven. Michigan was so bad defensively in this game. They dropped from when the game started, they were 69th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Right now, they're 85th. They dropped from 69 to 85th after one game. That's how terrible they were. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a problem, no doubt about it. And uh, if you look at Jerry Palm's latest bracket in the first four, he had Michigan, Memphis, Wake Forest, Florida this weekend. Wake Forest won, 
Florida won. Memphis killed Wichita State. Michigan lost. You know, I, I, you know, you you were asking sort of is Oregon done now? Is Rutgers done now? Um, if you were on the bubble entering this weekend, losing this weekend, it didn't end it for you. It just means it got tougher for you. you th- th- there is still a path in front of you, but Michigan made its path more difficult. So did Oregon. So did Rutgers. One more team that is uh, done. Uh, LaSalle is an 8-18 and 18 team. They were a 7-18 and 18 team before they played Dayton. Dayton actually was kind of trying to start to give, it, give itself some hope there. That's now extinguished. Uh, Flyers lost on the road 62-60. to 60. A couple small conference things I want to give love to. Chicago State beat the WAC's best team, probably, New Mexico State. Uh, Chicago State is almost always among the two or three worst teams in D1. It's got a new coach. Uh, Brandon Betson got the winning layup in the closing seconds. That's awesome. I just want to, you know, a program like that, getting a win like that almost makes their entire season. Couldn't go full pot without at least mentioning that. And Darius, Darius McGee of Liberty did it again. 47 points. His third game with more than 40 this season. He was on our college basketball All-American uh, or All-Star team, I should say. And so uh, and so good on him. Um, that's pretty much all it is in terms of... Uh, Results from the weekend, with the exception of, let me just give you a quick heads up on the league bracket, small ones. We talked about WCC, Gonzaga, Murray State, South Dakota State. We're on the table. They're the one seeds. Um, then you and South Dakota State's in the Summit League. Longwood, champs of the Big South for the first time ever. Trivia time. Hmm. What's Longwood's, what is Longwood's nickname? Jackrabbits. There's only one Jackrabbit. Thank God. It's, it's alliterative. They should be the Longwood Longwoods. Would you like that? Yeah, and their mascot would just be a long piece of wood. Oh, is that is that is that what the mascot would be? Because there's a couple of interpretations there. So, okay. Or a penis. Uh, well, uh, perhaps their mascot could be a penis. Gosh, it's the Lancers. <laughs> it's the Lancers. Well, maybe they should consider changing it. All right. Elsewhere, just a... It's a late Sunday podcast, folks. Uh, Cleveland. By the State. way, I meant to I meant to make a drink before we started this, and then I forgot. <laughs> like th- this could be a lot more fun. I was actually going to. I was committed to drinking, having a drink tonight during the podcast since it's so late. But um, plenty of other it. opportunities, I'm sure of it. Um, Cleveland State wins the Horizon. They're the one seed that's going to start this week. Northern Iowa is the one seed in the Valley, and Loyola Chicago is the four after Loyola Chicago lost in overtime. There are some who think that Loyola still has a case and a chance to get the at-large if it makes the Valley title game. I'm a, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm a bit dubious on it, though. I don't know. Now, San Francisco is still in the field for now. Loyola Chicago's got the win over them. Just If they make the title game and lose, it's going to be intriguing. they got to play probably Northern Iowa again in the semifinals. Valley Championship, as always on CBS, and that'll be a week from today. Hey, son, your number one is Jacksonville State. Sun Belt will start this week. Texas State, NEC. Bryant came from behind. Wagner was undefeated until about a week and a half ago. Bryant, Jared Grosso, number one seed in the NEC tournament, which is among my favorite small league tournaments because they do it the right way. If you are the higher seed, you host the game. I know sometimes logistics with some of these other leagues, they like having one kind of destination. I get it. I like how the NEC does it. If you're the better team with the higher seed, you get to host the game in the conference tournament in your own gym. Shouts to the NEC for that. And then two more. Colgate's the number one seed in the Patriot League. That will be on CBS Sports Network Championship game um, uh, later this week. And then SoCon 
Chattanooga, or maybe it's next week for Patriot. And then Chattanooga is the one C. Lamont Paris has done a great job. Might be a coach that is a hot name to maybe get a bigger uh, gig in the next few weeks. Chattanooga, number one, and what should probably be a pretty good silk on. That's a top 15 league this season. And those are your one seeds in the small leagues that wrapped up regular season play over the weekend. Uh, oh, and Middle Tennessee, I got to give a shout to Nick McDevitt, big DMB fan. They won five games a year ago. On Saturday, got to 22 and seven, clinched Conference USA East Division title. The other side of that league, GP's got, you know, you're dealing with UAB, you're dealing with North Texas, who so I'll have stuff on later on uh, on the site this week. But big, one of the bigger turnarounds of uh, in the entire sport has been Middle Tennessee, and that was uh, that was your. And I'm glad you brought that up because when he replaced Kermit Davis at Middle Tennessee, I was like, he's going to do really well there, and it hasn't gone well. And I was like, why is this not working? Because he's a good coach. He's a good yeah. dude. I was like, it got off to a rough start. But like he has broken through this season. And he's got that to a really good place. I always assumed that he would. I was just, I mean, frankly, I know I know this is like really in the weeds for your casual college basketball fans. But I was like, why has he not got that? Because Middleton C was like, Kermit was consistently good there. And I thought Nick would just pick up right where he left off. Now, he inherited. I mean, like everybody left. And then they had an injury. And it like... There was no way he was going to be good immediately, but I was like, just give it a minute and he'll be fine. And it took it took two minutes, maybe three, but they're there now. So good for them. They are. They are there now. Um, you got anything else you want me to just give these uh, folks a little heads up on what we got in terms of TV Monday, Tuesday? Every minute we spend here is another minute my five-year-old could text. Who knows? So, like, let's Tommy keep Lloyd. it moving. Tommy Lloyd. Uh, okay. Monday night. Here we go real quick. Three games, three big games to keep an eye on. Baylor, Texas, 9 o'clock Eastern ESPN. San Diego State, Wyoming, CBS Sports Network, 9 o'clock tip. Those Mountain West games are always worth the watch there. Get yourself primed because that's going to be a really good conference tournament. And then uh, UCLA, Washington is a late COVID makeup game, 11 Eastern, ESPN 2. And then Tuesday is pretty stacked. Providence Nova gets it going, 630 Eastern, Fox Sports 1. Kansas TCU is an ESPN Plus game at 8, at 8 o'clock. But TCU in, in a good spot there. Home, see if they can get it done. Michigan State plays at Michigan. Obviously, an urgent game for the for the Wolverines. Eight thirty. Uh, you've got St. Bonaventure VCU. Eight thirty. CBS Sports Network. Just two good A ten teams uh, intrigues me at least. And then two more. Purdue Wisconsin. That's the game of the night. Purdue at Wisconsin. See if the Big Ten regular season champion could hang in the balance of that game. Wisconsin wins that game. It's gonna. It's it's guaranteed to do it. And then Arizona USC. Another good late tip. 11 Eastern on Tuesday. So when we talk again on Wednesday morning, we will have all of that to talk about. And oh, by the way, when we talk again on Wednesday morning, what's it going to be, my man? In terms of time? No. What's it going to be when we talk again on Wednesday morning? Hopefully later than 10 10 a.m. Eastern. It's going to have to be at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, I'm pretty sure of it. Okay. So hoping we can move that back. If you don't realize, people listening will understand, and we'll have something for you on Wednesday. It's going to be March. That's correct. I just hope it's a little. I, I just hope it's like 11 a.m. Eastern in March. <laughs> That's what you're I got to be out of the house. I mean, listen, if you want to do it, but again, it doesn't I gotta, matter. I, I mean, like, listen, I'm going to be tired. No matter. Like, Wednesdays are hard days no matter what. I'll be up. It'll be fine. Now let's get out of here. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Hugh Breland, legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys for listening once again to the Iowa College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. Woohoo! Woo!
What a wild pandemic. What a wild pandemic. Now we got a war too. What a wild situation we're dealing with right now. Indeed. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars at both places, please. At Apple, you can actually type words. You can type words. Like, here, I'll help you. Gary Parrish is amazing. I don't know what I would do without him. Like, that's a perfect review. I love GP. He's the best. I think CBS should quadruple his salary. Something like that will work, too. Whole lot of options. Those are just two. Okay. But I'm still at my pay scale. Okay. Dead leg deserves more, too. Okay. Just uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. There's more of us than there are of them. Don't let them trick you. There's more of us than there are of them. The Apple podcast comments need to reflect that. And subscribe to the YouTube channel. Jesus Lord. I feel like a schmuck asking you guys all the time. Please subscribe. Please smash the I mean, like it's button. On your, you can simply just pick an Brandon episode. Davies, not, Brandon Davies, like, smash the like button. It. Just do it. Stop making me beg. Just do it. Christ. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Get ready. Because that intro is coming. Oh, Dead Legs promising something. You better be here at the jump. 10 a.m. sharp. I'll join you at 10.03. Till then, (laughs) take care. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.